1: Go to Bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
0: This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, it's Dr. Vic here. And before we get into the episode, I wanted to share that my new book has been complete and it's going to be released in May, 2022. And right now in the show notes, I have a link where you can join my VIP list. This gets you updated on the book, video concepts of what I'll be sharing on the book. But more importantly, you're going to get a massive discount within a certain period of time that's only going to be shared with those who are on the VIP list, and plus I'm going to give a ton of freebies and bonuses on top of that for being a part of it. So click on the show notes below, look at the show notes, click on the link, and uh, join the list. On the Mindful Experiment as each week, we dive deep into having a conversation with someone to share something along the mindset life world to help us level up, raise our consciousness, awareness, and to help us experience more of what we desire. This week, I had the distinct honor and pleasure of interviewing Robert Overweg. And he is the adaptability expert. And let me tell you, I love the name there because as a chiropractor, that's all I do is help the body and the brain adapt to one's environment and itself. I do that through the via the adjustment. I do that in my mindset world where I coach people and help people to adapt and thrive in any situation that shows up no matter what. So I knew this was going to be a great interview and I'm really excited to share this one with you guys. Robert is the founder of the Adaptable Mindset program. He and his team empower people to develop their own adaptable mindset to develop mental flexibility, learn how to create mental space and to find new possibilities. In our rapidly changing world, we f- keep feeling the impact of unpredictable events to which we have to adapt. Robert teaches how to adaptability is about empowerment and finding new perspectives. The Adaptable Mindset program has been applied at several Fortune 500 companies like Chanel, Heineken, multiple SMEs, and innovative schools. They have also supported over 1,000 students and solopreneurs with their own online program. Robert has over a decade of experience in innovation and digital transformation with clients like Vodafone, Liberty Global, eBay, Heineken, and a variety of startups and innovative schools. He is also an artist and exhibited at the Century, Centri- Pomodoro and the Media Biennial in Seoul. As a frequent speaker at the Institute, like MIT, SXS <clears throat> Southwest South 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 SXSW, and the European Commission, Robert speaks about ways that use the tech to work smarter and add value to the world. It's Robert's goal to empower people to live a life full of possibilities. So, with no further ado, let's dive into those endless possibilities in this wonderful conversation I had with Robert Overweg. <music> Robert, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, Vic. Uh, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, just talking to you prior to jumping on here has been a lot of fun. So I know for you listeners, sit down and relax. This is going to be a good one, um, Robert. I love the whole thing about adaptability, expert. I mean, I think in life you 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 have to, you know. Uh, it was a Charles Darwin? Everyone always said the strong, the fit, strongest, the, the 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 strongest will. I forgot, I'm messing up my quote now. The survival of the fittest, right? The survival of the strongest. And he always got coined that term. But if you ever, I went and looked, and I was like, it doesn't make sense. And I read his stuff, and he actually said it's not the strongest or the, the most, the fastest or whatever that survives, but the one who can adapt. And so excited to have you here. Let's dive in. So tell me, how did you get into the work you're doing? What what kind of led you? To do in the work you do today?
1: Yeah so in my early days I uh, sort of always did creative things. I was always exploring, creating art, making designs and I was interested in in technology as well. So you could say I had like a very broad interest Um, and I think part of that was because I did not want to be labeled and I did not want to be put in a box but it was also just following my curiosity and Um, like a few of the things that I did on the journey to where I'm currently at now and how we're now currently helping people to become adaptable is now I started my own design company at the, at the age of 17, you know, completely naive. I think I had all the skills available, which of course I didn't, but actually, I think naivety is, is kind of a good skill to have actually, because, you know, you just try out stuff and you just, you just go forward. Uh, But then I noticed that I needed more skills. So I went to the art academy actually right before the art academy i thought i needed like uh what you would would call a proper education like management economics and law that's what i did before but it was like completely not a right fit and it was not my path so i went to the art academy um when i was at the art academy i started to do again uh weird stuff so i started to take photographs in computer games back in 2017 Uh, actually it was 2007 uh, and at school, people had no idea what I was doing because I was being taught to be like an artist and in graphic design. And that was supposed to be my path. But I was like, yeah, but I like doing this. So I'm going to keep on doing this. And uh, eventually, like uh, five to eight years later, my work got picked up by uh, a lot of museums worldwide, even the Centre Pompidou, you know, which is quite a prestigious museum. And um, so I always just kept following my own path, although you know, that can be, uh, can be difficult. But at the Art Academy, I learned about design, conceptual thinking, and that got requested more and more by the world just from me. Uh, so, more and more companies started knocking at my door, and I started to help them in their transformations. And I helped, um, I still help actually large companies like Vodafone, Heineken, eBay in their digital transformation, in creating the right environment for people to, to flourish, to, to, to foster innovation, those sort of things. But, and then we come to what we're doing now, is that, you know, I was always just exploring, you know, following curiosity, flowing through life. And a lot of my, my buddies were doing the same and my team was doing the same, but in these large organizations. And also in the schools that we work with, like there's a lot of stagnation, a lot of, I don't want, you could always almost call it like emptiness. You no, know, a lot of people felt sort of stuck in positions that they didn't want to be, was very uninspired. And if you look at the data now, for an example, in the US, only 17% of the people get meaning out of their work. And, you know, people feel too stressed and, you know, their minds are hypnotized by social media and news, which brings them in their filter bubbles and excessive negativity. And so there are a lot of things in our society which sort of, yeah, narrow our view, which don't give us meaning, which in a sense numb us down a bit. And... I saw a lot of unhappiness and that made me unhappy. So I figured, what can we together do to change this? And then, you know, when you zoom out, you see how we educate ourselves, our children, how our lives are set up, how we work, you know, how we take care of our consciousness, our mind, our body, that all influences our thinking, our perspectives and our possibilities. So we thought, okay, we need to change this. We need to improve this. So as, as, as we now look at the world, you know, a lot of it seems to be almost on fire. We might need a massive reinvention, but in a very fun and playful way, and in a very supportive way as well. So I you know we started to uh, to build, to experiment, and you know, a lot of people long for adaptability, long for yeah, moving on and doing new things. So I think for like two or three years we uh, started uh, working on this project. Um, helping people in groups helping people online helping companies and just trying to see you know what has worked for the last couple of thousand years and how can we apply it in this current state and I think actually I can also learn a lot from you Vic you know the kind of stuff that you do um, and it's just bringing in all the the possible things that can help open up people help create mental space um, help give them fresh perspectives and um, yeah where we are at now We've got a beautiful online program. Creates a neural reset. We do group sessions. We help schools, organizations, creating the right environment. And uh, yeah, in a sense, we empower people now to be people again. You know, live life again, be human again. And um, yeah, that's where where we are at now. And I think it's yeah one of the most essential skills currently to have to be able to adapt and have an adaptable mindset. I think it's just the most critical thing to teach people how to be human
0: again. I think at least in America, for sure, it's one of those things where we're just so used to just getting indented and indenuated with, intinuated or anyhow, into routines, in other words, in that we're just constantly just doing living life like hedonic, the hedonic wheel, constantly over and over and over again. And, and the number, I'm not shocked at all when you said 17% of people get meaning out of their work that is drastically low. That's a it's lot of depressed right it, it, I just sit there and go, if, you, if, if for me, if I was doing something I wasn't passionate and found meaning beyond money with and so forth, I, I there's no point in me to be here. I mean, yeah, I can enjoy time with family and just you know do all those kinds of things, but I, I always have to have something. There always has to have a meaning to everything I do or else it's not going to be worth it. So 17%, that is drastically
1: low. Um, And the the global engagement with work is 20%. So 80% of people are disengaged with work. And some are even so disengaged that they sabotage their their workplace environment. So, and then, you know, if you look at the the amount of stress people are under, you know, but if we are under severe stress, you know, your brain can get reduced to only having 20% left of capacity to work with. So it's not the fault of people that that they can't get out of the systems. It's... It's, yeah, it's, um, it's the entire system together which influences, uh, which influences us. Uh, but you should not wait for the environment to change. Although the environment is very influential on you, you can change your surroundings. You, know? you can make different decisions. And there's a lot of things you can do to empower yourself, to find these fresh perspectives, to take care of your mental health, to take care of your, your physical body and do all of these things. And in a fun and playful way, No, you just need to find what works for you. I'm not going to say to people, hey, you need to start meditating, You need to start doing yoga or whatever. No, find what works for you. And yeah, and that's something that we can, yeah, can do together in a sense. I love
0: how you bring that up because there's so many times it's something that I I always talk, I always share when I work with clients and I do group coaching and I always talk about how I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm going to teach you how to think. And what that means is that you just said it right there. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you to do meditation or do yoga or this and that. you got to find what works for you. And that's that how process of understanding, like, I'm going to try things till I figure it out. Because you may not know what this may – you may go down this path and realize that this wasn't what I really needed. It was this that I really needed. And you had to go down that path in order to find the other one to really figure out what works for you.
1: Yeah, 100%. What would you say – Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say there was a while where I did – Like almost in a religious way, I went to kickboxing like three to four times uh, a week. I was like a madman. At the same time, I did yoga and meditation. So, you know, uh, like whatever works for you to create that mental space to work on your body. And you know, there are so many different fields that you can evolve yourself and learn to adapt. For example, if you do like strength training or these sort of things that... When you strengthen your body you know you also strengthen your mind so you uh, have less of uh, of influence of anxiety of outside influences so you can train yourself in almost any discipline as long as you're sort of aware and open to that that you and need that and that you structurally do that i love that
0: so why is it that then some people have a hard time adapting and and, and, and and just to life, we can you can use, I mean I know that's a it's kind of a broad question because it could be adapting to uh, business, it could be adapting to relationships, but just in general, what what makes it harder or for people to do just to adapt to life?
1: Yeah, I think the, the, the basic premise is that uh, change engenders fear, you know, because our brain wants to keep us safe, and everything which which comes to change which might result into change, could also cause us harm. So our brain wants to protect us from that. So with new risky things, it can be, um, you know, decentralized autonomous organizations, can be NFTs, it can be AI, it can be, oh no, that's scary, man. Uh, That's, uh, no, uh, that probably won't influence um, my job or so. You know, you get all of these thoughts which are not really serving you. So so we've got that, that our brain wants to protect us. And at the same time, there's a lot of stuff in our society which just distracts us, you know, with our social media. TikTok is now the number one website uh, used globally. Um, I'm not really sure. You know, there's there's probably interesting stuff there. And I'm a big fan of Twitter, YouTube, you know, because there are these autonomous rebellious, different thoughts, different perspectives. You can learn a lot, but they also suck you in and these things are yeah they're like optimized slot machines and yeah if you're sort of stuck into these loops yeah then it's difficult um if your education has a has created more of um a mindset of compliance you know you don't learn auton- uh, autonomous thinking there you don't learn critical thinking there no you need to learn the content that is provided to you which is often already a little bit outdated which you then need to reproduce so you sort of lose yeah everywhere you lose gradually a bit of your of yourself and if your work is yeah a little bit meaningless and if you're not being listened to at work oh yeah it it numbs us down and it makes it difficult to move to adapt
0: so true in 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 so many ways and and yes i i appreciate you bring up the, the, the virtual slot machine i love that um that whole dopamine response that we just seek right especially if we're not you know 17% of people are only getting meaning out of their work that means 83% are looking for some sort of a dopamine response to give them that that feeling good and even if it's a short term it's a sacrifice cuz you're sacrificing the long term from that uh maybe facebook maybe you know instagram or tiktok nowadays i think the average person gets on tiktok and watches i don't know, i think it's 50 something minutes it's crazy on average one time um where I'm like 53 minutes on tiktok i go I'll, I'll i do a, i'm like I, I like to be transparent i'm like i go on tiktok and watch people sharing like i like doing construction stuff so i like to learn some little tips and tricks here and there mm-hmm. and i'll put a timer five minutes it's all i get and i just fly through videos as quick as i can and then like after the five minutes i'm like done let's move
1: on i got things to do yeah. um yeah. yeah you don't want to be like a slave to the algorithm you know because it keeps pulling you in more and more so yeah, w- w- what you practice is just uh yeah time box it or at least, so what I do is don't use it early in the morning. Now, mornings are always phone or flight mode uh, as long as possible so I can develop my own conscious thoughts. Uh, I don't want to be lived by by news or media in the beginning. Don't want that to influence my work or life or thinking. Same with messages from other people. And I'll, uh, First, you know, create some space and then uh, move from there.
0: I love that. Now, I know you we were talking before. I love to dive into this. this is something that I, I think I, I know I'm going to love and I know the listeners will too. You talked about the six pillars. I think it was the six pillars of mindset, if I'm not mistaken, or no, it was the yeah. six pillars of yeah, uh, six pillars for adaptability. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. Um, so do you mind diving in just what those six pillars
1: are? Yes, yeah, sure. So we've got six pillars. Uh, the first one is to get inspired again, you know, to connect again with your curiosity i uh, you know, some people might already think, yeah, but Robert, my head is already overflowing, man. I can't I can't uh, grasp that idea. Then you could start with first creating mental space. And uh, then that's the second pillar. And the third pillar is to work on the physical body. So yoga, meditation, kickboxing, running, going into the forest, and also the physiological. Uh, it can also be playing music, dancing, all of these things. They have secondary... Uh, effects for you for your for your mental flexibility as well and also to create mental space Uh, then we have the thinking models and with thinking models you can think of um, um, upgrade your vocabulary you know use different phrasing or words like uh, how might we how might we uh, you know um, solve this issue or try it on for size and there are a few others as well and then if you go through all of these things like the, the inspiration, you know, connect again to art, philosophy, nature, you know, all of the things that have always pushed humanity forward, the mental space, the, the physical aspects, the thinking models. And then the fifth pillar is to create like a structure that supports you. Because it's not one-off inspiration, it's not one-off doing your exercise. It's you, know, you need to have a formula for success that supports you in a structural way. And then the last one, which is a little bit of um, maybe the odd one out, but we find it important to also be technological aware. You know, what is happening in the world? How are organizations moving? Maybe more to decentralized autonomous organizations. What is happening in the NFT space? What is happening in AI? Because, you know, like we talked about earlier, Vic, you could think, oh, I'm going to be the greatest poet. Um, And then maybe an AI can create uh, your work, you know? So you should be aware or you could maybe even collaborate with an AI because I, for example, use a tool called Jarvis, which you can, uh, which you just throw a few sentences towards this AI and he spits out uh, a couple of paragraphs. So in a sense, you get like this uh, digital sparring body. So how to use, in a sense, technology for the betterment of humanity and for yourself. So these are, yeah, the six pillars that all overlap each other. They all influence each other. But the basis is to be able to find fresh perspectives, to create openness and mental flexibility. I love that. And I love how you bring up the
0: technology side of things because, I mean, technology, I think, in the next five to 10 years is radically um, going to shift and change, especially with the, the evolving of AI tech and um, the evolving of an acceptance of, Blockchain, smart contracts, those kind of things, um, catching on and um, getting more popular. Uh, I think it's going to be a a massive shift, and it's. I think the adaptability is going to have to. We're going to have to learn how to adapt quicker and faster. These kind of things. Because I love how you brought up Jarvis. You're actually like the fifth person I've heard talk about who uses it, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's kind of cool how you can just put a couple things in and boom, it, it helps you out with it. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah, And you you could say, yeah, man, I want it in a a witty style or I want it in a formal style. Uh, So it's pretty dope. But to go into your point of uh, our world radically changing, you know, I see it with a lot of organizations. They can't keep up, you know, they can't keep up with the technological developments. And the people who work there. notice they talk about learning on the job, but that doesn't happen. You know, everyone is always flooded with work, always in meetings. So I see a lot of issues and and challenges there as well. Um, And then we have the the metaverse upcoming where a lot of people can't keep up with, uh, but it will influence jobs. Also the AI aspect, it will influence people's lives. And it is beneficial for everyone to be sort of aware of what it can do, because maybe we want to be a little bit more critical as well about the technological developments. And I think it's also, it will be more and more difficult also to create mental space. If we're always on our phones, if we're always in, in virtual worlds, then you do want to connect again to like the physical space, to nature, to each other and stuff like that. What's your viewpoint about the
0: metaverse? And, you know, cause we look at Facebook, you look at online and social media, and it's this dopamine thing that constantly keeps us addicted to it. And so much more, you know, and, or ways to make it easily more addicted, uh, being addicted to it. And then we have the metaverse, right. And metaverse coming out and having your own virtual reality of creating someone who you're not and living a whole world of interacting with people that, um, and in an essence, uh, you know, it's like, you're going to live a whole altered version of who you really are. Do you, I mean, I, I could see some cool things with it. Like, I like the tech. I, I, uh, I do invest a little bit into it. I think it's going to be a huge component in many different ways, but then my mind's always looking at the other side too, going now, wait a minute, this is going to probably, in my opinion, I think it'll be worse, but I'm just curious, you brought it up. I'd love to get your opinion
1: on what you think about it. Okay. So, uh, I started creating art in a sense in virtual spaces. Uh, you could call it now the metaverse. So I was taking photographs in computer games. Um, I think they can be an accelerator for, for creativity. Um, I think being a different persona online, either through an avatar or whatever, it can be helpful, you know, being able to take a distance from yourself, trying out different personas many many big athletes also do that you know tyson fury gypsy king bronze bomber you know um if you're able to also see yourself as so- someone someone different according to robert keegan chair adult development from harvard he says um that is one of the best things you can do for personal growth being able to take an objective distance from yourself so maybe you can experiment more but the negative thing here is um if it's run by facebook you know, your, 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 all, all the things you're, you look at, your data, your mind, your, your soul is going to get harvested. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of that. I am a fan, though, of like an open source, open metaphors where we can all um, experiment, try out new things and do stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that part. I mean, I agree. I, I guess I'm, my mind is thinking of Facebook doing it rather than having the open source of it because it is a different Facebook thing. Facebook is like- terrible. Oh, I hear yeah. you. Uh, we can go yeah, all day I on that one. You
1: see what they've done now, you know, with society and uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, with democracy and and their fact checking, which turned out not to be fact checking. <laughs> uh, it's all very interesting. It's all very interesting.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I was almost going to get off the platform altogether last year. I was just because I was mm-hmm. getting blocked. uh You know, being a chiropractor, being in the holistic world. You know, all these different things. I was just. I was sharing other science. Let's just say that against what the mainstream was sharing. And uh, and it was one of those things they kept like putting me in jail. They were threatening this. And I was just like, man, there's no point. Pl- I'm getting pe- people aren't even. It's funny. I could put two different posts. One could be about health related and stuff like that. And I would I know how to write the word so that the algorithm doesn't the AI doesn't pick up on it. But then at the same token, I put another post. And it'd be something, you know, nothing related to that. And it'd be like, wow, look at all the views there. And then look at none of the views here. Mm -hmm. And it got to that point. But yeah, it's one of those things where, but you're bringing up something, a great point that I wanted to hit on is that when you talked about objectively seeing yourself different, like having a break from you in a sense. And um, I do a lot of sensory deprivation tanks. And a lot of those have VR technology where you can go into, Um, you know, put the whole thing on your head and strap it on and so forth. And they put sound with it and they will talk about how you disconnect so much from yourself that you, people, they'll say people will go through that experience and they don't fear death anymore. That they don't fear, they like, they totally have disconnected from themselves and then they come back. And I think there's, there's some power behind that to some degree to what it can do to shift mindsets, to shift us in different realms, but also see us as, um, an element that you know like we're not just this person that we are in this physical body that there's
1: more that goes on beyond all this yeah that's 100 percent helpful i i actually had a similar experience like that um but being disconnected from your your own yeah what you perceive to be your identity also allows you to have in a sense less fear a look at things in a in a different perspective, more holistic, more see how everything is just yeah it sounds a bit weird but connected um yeah and it's just really helpful and uh, but also to do that more often in life so we I'm now trying to um to develop like a, like an exercise which is about you know when you when you feel like shit can happen right, even if you take all the precautions, even if you uh do all the exercises and, and but still you're like a- angry and, and your mind is clouded and you're like oh shit i can't get out of this what is happening you know and it sticks for like three hours you're like oh wow entire world sucks um so i started to scan the environment like um it, it almost looks like a 3d scan so i started to look at the walls i started to look at the closet books in there and then hey i'm there as well hey that's funny i see myself standing there and then instantly, when, you, when you're there, you're sort of disconnected to, from your anger. And then you're like free again. Like, what was I thinking? And then like these sort of things are yeah, very beneficial. And there are a lot of things that actually help you to get into like, the, these different mind spaces um, Yeah, that allow you, again, uh, freedom of, of thought, uh, mental flexibility and space. And as I was gonna say, in that with the,
0: then you see these kind of things helping individuals adapt better to different life situations and be able to see things from a different perspective and those kind of things?
1: 100%, yeah. Just like it's uh, easier to give a friend advice than for you to give yourself advice and to follow it up, right? Because with a friend, you, know, you are not completely overwhelmed with emotions like he is or she is. Um, so, if you take the position of that friend, if you look at yourself just like you look at your friend, and then you're objectively more able to to give yourself advice and it's easier to to follow follow that up that's also why I brought up the you know the the athletes like Tyson Fury, the boxer, but all athletes have a nickname you know because if you fail you know it's okay, man it's just one persona it's one iteration of me that failed i'm not defined by that you know i can change i can be a different persona and you know once you're able to switch in that i think that is uh, that is very beneficial i love when you bring up the athletes because there's so many that we can
0: talk about but when you said athletes i thought of someone who's outside the athletic world but in the america he's seen a certain way and that's gordon ramsay um A lot of times when I talk about Gordon Ramsay, everyone's like, oh, he's that guy who likes to swear a lot and this and that. I'm like, that's not who he is, actually. And I go, at least uh, he maybe has a different persona in Europe and other areas. But I go when I watch him in like London shows. And if I watch him in like he was a show in in India, um, you see a a, a, like a different version of him. But then when you any show in America, he's always got that uh, brutal, (laughs) harsh side of him that they they use as a persona but i'm like that's not really who he is and it's and i think that's the same thing with like athletes or even like wrestlers uh wwe type wrestlers they have a persona that they have to live to even actresses and actors right you get like robert downey jr everybody thinks of him as iron man um yeah. but that's not who he really is but everyone has sees him that way but then he's someone else and the there's there's a different person of who he really is that
1: kind of makes sense where i'm going with that yeah, hundred percent. And and if we can pull on a thread of the the superhero, it's also interesting if you look at, for example, Iron Man or Robert Downey Jr. So if you're stuck in a rut, you know, you, again, you feel shit or you feel like, um, you no, know, life hasn't dealt you the cards that you want. And um, you know, what what do we often do? And you know, we could grab our phone or do things which are not really beneficial for us. But if you could, for one. Hour. think, hey man, I am like Superman, Iron Man, like imagine that you're, you're that guy and what would he or she do? Probably not scroll your phone, right, for an hour. So yeah, just ha- have these thought experiments and you can have these thought experiments as well uh, to think of, um, you know, what would I do if I would be Elon Musk? What would I do if I would be um, the, the, the founder of Shopify? You know, just to train your brain to take on these different perspectives and to create more of this uh, this fluidity. I love how
0: you bring that up. There's so much we can do and there's a whole down whole rabbit hole that stuff diving into of how we can just shift our consciousness and try to tap in to some of these people. If you were the head of the person for Shopify or Elon Musk or those types of individuals, just getting a fragment of their consciousness and being able to tap into that is a, is a game changer. Yeah. Well, how about, you know, I, I'm big on, uh, I talk a lot about calming and staying interconnected with oneself. And, and I, I truly believe to adapt, you have to stay focused within and because there's a lot of distractions in life, right? There's, we're over and done, overwhelmed with a lot of information. And I, I want to ask a question on that too, a little bit, um, but or with all the information that we deal with, how do we keep our mind calm from all the massive stimulation and, and distractions that we have in the world?
1: Yeah. Um, so a few things that uh, we always recommend is uh, turn off all your uh, all your notifications. You know you don't want to uh, to constantly be distracted. So you go from reactive living to active living. So you're more conscious. You're more in the space. Uh, get rid of the apps that don't serve you. You can schedule time like you're doing Vic to uh, to use uh, certain apps, even work apps. No, all of the notifications, all of the things which uh, appear in your Slack or in your teams, you can tell your boss that you'll be 500% more uh, effective if you can get into flow state. Sounds a bit weird, but it's researched by McKinsey. They did it on executives for multiple years. So all of the disruptions that we have don't necessarily uh, not necessarily serve us. I also, curate your streams. So uh, I sometimes say merry Kondo your streams because it sounds a bit more funny. But, you know, get rid of the shit, get rid of the crap. So, um, so connect more to the inspiring stuff so that when you get these stimuli, they are inspiring and they give you different perspectives. So uh, a little bit less of the, the negative things, more of the things that you vibrate with. And then also you can go into nature. You can exercise, strength training, you can run, you can walk um so these are more of the instant things like the the things i just mentioned so when you feel that your mind is overloaded just go for a 30 minute walk no, no like with your phone off or on flight mode no podcast no music just let your mind wander a bit and what also helps to create mental space is to journal a bit I'll write down what you learned from the day or at the end of the day uh, what i like to do always is um, i do this with my girlfriend is we share three things that we were grateful for that day that helps a lot to also to change the perspective on life even you know when you have shitty days uh, if you train yourself to be conscious to be aware of the good things your mindset will change it's a proven system right it, it this works i love that that
0: that's just uh Those are some great pieces of advice. And one of the things I love that I should, you you did share two things that I I always talk a lot about. I always tell my clients, like, if they're feeling overwhelmed, just go in nature, just connect and go in nature. It has an energy. It will rebalance you, hug a tree for a minute. They think I'm crazy sometimes, but then they come back going, wow, that actually worked. Um, But the one thing I I think is huge to do is always being able to just be uh, gratitude, be grateful. You know, nothing... um, Nothing's ever we, we don't truly deserve anything per se, but when we do get what we've been working towards and we do get what we desire and have to be grateful or just be grateful for the little things, it really creates more of the humanness out of us. I really believe that will that takes that that allows for us to be more human. Would you agree to that?
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. The being grateful and being and the gratitude is um, yeah a core thing for for happiness. At the same time, it's also possible to reframe how you feel about things that make you uncertain, anxious, etc. cetera. Um, but you need to have like a, a larger goal, right? A thing that you that you want to accomplish. For It can be like a dissertation, can be create your own app, launch your business or whatever. But uh, like the larger goal can feel, or maybe you want to run a marathon, but the larger goal can feel like so so gigantic that um it can be difficult to start with it can be difficult to continue with but you can reprogram your mind as well to be okay with um the the uncertainty the anxiety and all the stress that you get from taking the little steps so how that works is um once you start with um, one step uh, clo- getting one step closer towards that ac- activity, celebrate that as well. Just be grateful for that you're taking one step towards that goal. And after a while, you know, you'll rewire your brain to think that all of these things that earlier gave you anxiety and uncertainty and ambiguity are actually good things, right? You, you, yeah, you'll, you'll be better able to flow through these sort of experiences. And that's also what we expose people to during our program. Now we expose people to also things which makes you a bit uh, ambiguous. You don't really understand, but you, uh, it's very beneficial if you train your mind to be okay with uncertainty, uh, because then you will be more open for change, which is very beneficial for, you know, your personal life, your professional life, and even your, uh, you know, in your relationships.
0: I love that. And it's, and you bring up some things too, like just, and it makes it easier when you do it, you know, doing the little things, it helps to connect to the bigger thing, right? Because the mind, um, when we want to create, let's say, a big change, we want to make a shift in your life in some way, shape, or form. It could be anything. And if it's too much for your mind to comprehend, um, it shuts down. Your nervous system will literally shut down and say, yep, we're, we're done. We're, we're overwhelmed. Not going to happen. But just doing those little things over time can help to develop and and to adapt and shift and change to get to where you want to get to yeah 100%. So one question I do want to ask you is you know why is it that you know I look at certain systems of what we operate with and I'm I I think we're in a time and place where there's a whole new shift coming in and there's old systems trying to stick around, but they need to go. We're trying to evolve into new things. And one thing that I've, I do a lot in my coaching and, and working with people is I teach them how to work less, work smarter, not harder. I share with them how they can get more done in less time, and they don't have to work as long as they need to. Um, and I know that's what I want to ask, why, why do you feel that you know, these 40-hour work weeks and, and so forth are really like more something from the past. It's like a relic. I love how this one thing says here. So it's a relic of the past. Love that. Just pick yeah. your brain on that.
1: Yeah, that's an, that's an archaic model. It uh, stems from the Henry Ford era, where most of us were factory workers. Um, and we had 40 hours, so we also had a few hours to rest and a few days to spend the money that we made in the factory. But I think current day society is a bit different. You know, most of us are knowledge workers. Uh, We need to take care of our mental space. Uh, We need to take care of inspiration. We need to take care of our families. So it should be way more balanced. So it should have way more of doing nothing, like you say, of leisure, of relaxing. And if you look at, for an example, uh, Thomas Thomas Edison, he said that uh, he was just being around. You know, he was just... Being gave him uh, the ability to pick ideas. He, he called it, he described it in a sense, from the universe. Um, David Lynch, you know the, the famous director, he talks about um, taking silence, taking free space to catch the big fish. And I think if you're always busy, if you're always doing things, if you're always you know from jumping from one thing to the another to the other, then you get more superficial thoughts and you get more anxiety you know shorter breath of, and you're always and you can't get like the the it's let's say it differently it's more difficult to take the larger steps so yeah like doing nothing reflecting is very beneficial and then the technology can help with that you no know, uh, because you can speed up your work you can have an ai writing assistant you can make money in different ways um so yeah, 100% agree with you. And I love how you bring up the whole concept of rest too, because
0: too many times we try to treat our mind and the mental capacity, what we have, like a muscle. And everyone's, there, oh, it's like a muscle. We just got to keep working it, you know, this and so forth. And out of all the peak performance books I've read, the research, and even my own understanding of neurology and neuroscience, it's literally more rest is actually better for us. More rest and taking time and taking breaks is actually something more that, because when we let our brain just take it, like we can crank away for a certain period of time and research shows based on the best research right now, max capacity for an individual is anywhere from a 30 minute to an hour and a half to about almost two hours where they can do something at their max capacity, being at the best, but then you have to take a break and reset. And let your brain calm down, let it reset, disconnect, and then come back again. And then you can go back to that and go at it again for another half hour to two hours. And then you need to go ahead and take another break and reset and break down. And I think what you're sharing in, in what work, work, the work week, you know, that kind of stuff, is we don't need to do that anymore. And I think um, Tim Barris was one who kind of like pioneered about like looking at things from a different perspective with the four-hour work week. And just being able to say we don't have to work as hard, just depend and that was a little different, but because you talked about like, well, you can what do you want to make per hour rather than what you make per year? Um, and those kind of concepts. But I think this is something that you know, do you see we're shifting and adapting to the new model, or is it still this kind of like holding on 40, 60 hour work weeks,
1: those kind of things? I think it's even worse if if we look at corporate organizations. Well, you like. Some work even more than 40 hours. At least it can be normal. Like you have a shift from uh, from nine till five, and then you've got a shift again from uh, from six or seven till nine, which is um, pretty intense. But you do see companies now changing, you know, but it is often uh, founder led companies, uh, people who have some balls and people who have empathy. So these founders say, hey, we're going to try this four hour work week. And uh, I, saw, I saw some data of this um, pretty um, scale-up, you could call it. I think they do like three or four billion in revenue, and the um, uh, way they were, they were more creative. Uh, people felt they had better mental well-being, and they just cut a lot of the crap. You know, a lot of the the, the not necessary meetings. We did similar things with Heineken. Oh, people said they were overflowing in their work, so we we sat down with groups and said, okay. Uh, what do we all want in life? You know, how how do you want to? Uh, how would you create your ideal life? Oh, that would look something like this. And then once people started to um, speak up about what they wanted with each other, they all started to see the same pattern. Oh, we all want the same thing. We all want not infinite amount of meetings. You know, we also want time for brain space. So now Wednesday we have no meetings. So it is possible create, to create this change. Uh, you need to take a step forward and discuss it with other people to create like, yeah, these more, yeah, these environments where we can all flourish a bit better. I love that, brother. Couldn't agree with you more on that in so many
0: different ways. Um, I feel like, Robert, I could talk to you all day long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here.
0: But, you know, what are some for the listeners? How can they like connect with you, find you and and see what you're up to, the work you're doing and all the amazing stuff?
1: Yeah, they can go to uh, adaptablemindset.com. There are a few um, free masterclasses on there. For example, how to create mental space and how to filter the noise. Uh, there's completely written out how to develop adaptability. There's an online program that people can follow that they can do individually uh, that will surely inspire them. I can I can promise you that. And um, yeah, there's way more stuff there. Just explore there. We have Instagram as well. Uh, but yeah, I'd rather not be on those uh, kind of um, portals. Love it.
0: Well, Robert, I appreciate you for all the work you're doing, all the work on adaptability. You're helping humanity thrive rather than survive and allowing us allowing to just you know, understand how to be fluid throughout the everlasting changes that life brings to us. Well put, Vic. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And Until next time, keep rocking and rolling. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.